It's time for another edition of the Sports Chumps on 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity... Seize everything you ever wanted One moment Did you capture it? Just let it slip Yo, yo Sports Chumps, right here at 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence, Season 2, Episode 4. My name is Mikey Nails. My broadcast partner is Dean the Dream. Dean the Dream, how is this week going? I can't complain. I'm just happy to be here with you doing uh, Season 2, Episode 4, continuing to build the brand as we're going to talk about some of the great number fours in the world of sports as we've been growing up for the last uh, half a century and beyond that. This is going to be known as the Heat Wave Show. Past week has been 90 plus. Yeah, but t- today and yesterday weren't that... Were they? Today wasn't that bad and yesterday was... Oh, yesterday get, was, yesterday was it bad was yesterday? It was the hottest day of the year. Was it yesterday? It was 100. That's hardcore, Nails. We didn't leave the house. <laughs> Listen, when in doubt, it's You're Central like Air. Alice in Wonderland down well, here. Well, when in doubt, it's Central Air. I'm not moving, but um, today was okay. It was a little breeze. I told you I went out in the yard and did some yard work. Well, today so there was no humidity. I felt, well, I felt, I felt somewhat productive yesterday. Was a little, yeah, you're right. It was a little oppressive yesterday, Sunday. But we've had, some, we've had some tough days and not a lot of rain. We had a couple of bombers yesterday. We had some, uh, some thunder showers pass through. It kind of like, kind of cooled things off just a little bit. So it was nice. Well. You did some yard work. Yard's looking good. Lights are hitting that yes. floor outside. Solid. Yes, I had some. Lala, left- stepping it up. Yeah, I had some leftover mulch from last year. I kind of had it in the shed, so I kind of like used it in the front a little bit. So it's just to fill in some spots, but it's been good. All right, we got a lot of talk ahead of us. We're going to talk uh, Big Poppy Hall of Fame induction. We're going to talk um, socks in the toilet still. We got Chump of the Week. And we're going to start the show off with famous number four. Number fours in sports. Would you like me to go first? As always. All right. That's self-explanatory. Don't ask me anymore. This isn't necessarily the order that I... That's fine. From the best to to the worst. That's fine. I'm going to go on what I have written down. Okay. All right. Popular number fours. Now, I could be wrong on some of these. I did not Google. I think I did Google. You know I'll correct you. you, I know you will. And I know the people out there will. I love it. Okay. All right. Number four. I'm going to go. You ready? I am. Bobby Orr. Wow. You forgot about him. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I there's no there's no excuse for me not having awe, but I I wasn't thinking of hockey that much. So obviously you know, and everybody, all our listeners out there, our contributors, they know that like I do it from memory. You may use a little bit more Google than I do, but Bobby Orr is a legend, and of course you know Sanderson to awe and scores, and they win the Stanley Cup in in seventy or seventy one, I think it was. And Bobby Orr is an absolute legend before our time. Unfortunately, you and I did not get to see him play, but uh, I don't know how it gets much better than him. He wouldn't be my favorite because I didn't get to see him play, and I'll let you know in a little bit who my favorite is. Lou Gehrig. Of course, the Iron Horse, he's on my list, Nails, the short list that I had. Of course, we know the 2,130 games that he played straight. He was part of Murderer's Row in 1927 with, of course, Babe Ruth. And it doesn't get any better than Lou Gehrig. And, of course, passed away way before his time, of course, from Lou Gehrig's disease. Joe D. Joe Dumas. You got me a little nervous there because I thought you were going to say Joe DiMaggio, who would be next week. Yeah, Joe Dumas. I know you're a big 80s uh, hoops guy. Joe Put the du- lockdown on Joe. No, Joe Dumas solid against Portland, against Jordan, against, you know, in those 88-89 teams for the uh, for the bad boys. Joe Dumas, nice work on that one, Nails. I did not, ha- I did not have you. I did not have that one. Brett Favre. Yeah. All right, Favre, you're retired, unretired, you're Minnesota, you're the Jets, Vicodin, whatever you had to do, Pills, whatever it is. Favre was a good player, a great player. Um, I was talking to a friend tonight about top 20 quarterbacks of all time, and I would think that he would fit in there somewhere only with one ring. But, um, yeah, nice job with Favre, Nails. The original AD, Adrian Dantley. All right, Nails going to Dantley. He was in winning time, I guess, with the Lakers very briefly. But, um... (laughs) He ended up with Utah playing a lot of his years. And, of course, Dallas to the Pistons. Pistons back the other way. And, of course, the Mark Aguirre trade, which actually won it for the for the Pistons. And Aguirre, and uh, Dantley went the other way. But, yeah, Dantley's a guy that I think that you liked back in the day. I don't know if you had this guy in there, but I'm going to throw it at you. C. Webb, Chris Webber. Very nice. Nice job. Of course, uh, the timeout that he didn't have when he was with Michigan with the Fab Five, he called the timeout and, of course, went on to the NBA and won four again. Chris Webber, one of the great fours, didn't get an NBA ring and didn't get an NBA, and didn't get, did not get an NCAA championship, but one of the great players that were of our generation. My favorite number four, you're going to laugh, Paul Molitor. Yeah, <laughs> you tipped your hand earlier. Molitor, actually, all those years with the Brew Crew, uh, you know, running mates with Robin Yount, Cecil Cooper, Ben Ogilvy, and of course Gorman Thomas and Senna. They didn't win it with Harvey's Wall Bangers in 1982, but of course Molotov was finally validated late in his career with a World Series championship in 1992 with the um, with the Toronto Blue Jays. So of course Paul Molotov did his job uh, at the end of his career and a Hall of Famer. Battled through a lot of injuries, but I think he was a 3,000 hit guy and he is a Hall of Famer. So nice job That's on that. That's all I got for number four. I'm sure I missed a few. Okay. Uh, you got two or three? Well, so obviously, Lou Gehrig, you touched on. I think, uh, at you know, he would be my number one guy as far as, like, I think he's the greatest number four of all time. Mm-hmm. Bobby Orr around here would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, um, I know you're going to, uh, under the category of, for all the listeners out there don't know when I say every week, when you play the Sonny role from, from Bronx Taylor, of course, your Sonny, you know, Chaz Palminteri, Sonny, Sonny from the Bronx Taylor, where he tells little C after uh, Bill Mazeroski hits the home run in the World Series for the Pirates on the walk-off Jabba, and uh, he made Mickey Mantle cry. And he said, Mickey Mantle? No, and he goes, Mickey Mantle, you think Mickey Mantle cares about it? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So obviously every week I'm going to say one guy that you're going to tell me nobody cares. And this week it would be um, 
former Red Sox legend back in the early 30s, it would be Joe Cronin, okay? His number has been retired by the Red Sox, number four, okay? And I know, nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares. But I'm going to go with Joe Cronin as number four. I have Lou Gehrig, and of course, I'm going to go with my favorite, number four of all time. And this is a personal thing, and I still think he's an absolute legend, and people forget about him. And you asked me about this maybe about 10 podcasts ago about a helmet that's sitting in the corner of this uh, of this bar right now. I bar stop. slash studio. Well, I'm sorry, but there's not many better than, of course, I former Patriot sorry. legendary kicker Adam Vinatieri. He's my favorite number four of all time. Three Super Bowl rings with the Patriots, and of course the kick in the snow. Which, of course, if you look to the right, you see the you see There's the picture touch. of him banging it in the snow after the tuck rule. The whole thing with Brady and Charles Woodson, Adam Vinatieri, the best clutch kicker of all time in the history of the NFL. He beats everybody in the game. Okay, and of course went on to play with the Colts for another ten years and won another Super Super Bowl ring. But of course he'll be remembered for his time in New England as one of the legendary kickers of all time and one of the clutch guys ever. Who's the guy before Venetary? Cronin? Joe Cronin. Stop it. It's awful. So Joe Cronin ended up like... You just went... Well, you should have just well, Lou Gehrig Venetary. Right, well, uh, hold on. A lot of people don't realize that Joe Cronin, he had his number retired by the by the Red Sox. They don't retire many numbers. You just said it all. No, a lot of people don't know that he had his number retired. You don't have to say anything else. That's a very hardcore right. take on your pop, but somewhat I'll accurate. I'll give you the Venetary. Somewhat accurate. Yeah, Venetary's a legend with, yeah, the, with, the, uh, with the Patriots. Joe Cronin ended up being in the front office and running. I think he managed the team and was the GM. So Joe Cronin wore a lot of hats in the Red Sox organization. Wasn't he an outsider? Before he was our an outsider, wasn't he, at some point? No. All right. You sure? No, I'm not. All right. Before we go any further, yeah. you know what our next topic is. Do not say his name. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask you. Well, I just gave it away, but I'm going to name some names. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want you to tell me what they have in common with our next topic. Wow. We didn't talk about this in no, the pregame. No, because I know how smart you are, okay. so I don't have to tell you. Okay. All right. You're yep. the main man of sports. All right. All right. AKA Dean the Dream. Okay. All right. I'm going to name the names. All right. Babe Ruth. Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente, Tony Gwynn, Ken Griffey Jr., Derek Jeter. What do they all have in common with the next topic? Oof. The next topic is... The Hall of Fame? Yes. Okay. So obviously Clemente, mm-hmm. Gwynn, yep. Babe Ruth yep. are all in the Hall of Fame. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Clemente, all, yep. yep. Ken all, Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. DJ, Derek Jeter. Enough with him now, too, with the things on ESPN. They could stop. They, they, they. It looked pretty good. I, I yeah, got to be honest with you. I fell asleep the other night. Episodes one and two, and now three and four are coming up. It looks like it's pretty good. ESPN. You can only do that with one person, Jordan. Well, move on. Cheater in his generation was the best uh, in his, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, he, I never, n- okay. never said he wasn't. Okay. All right? Okay. Never said he wasn't. Back to the topic. Yes. What do they have in common? They're all in the Hall of Fame. Because they are um, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, it's funny because I. But I that could, isn't what. Well, I could easily say to you, like, oh, they all hit X amount of home runs. Nope. But I know Tony Gwynn was not a home run hitter, so he's not in that thing. No. They all had over 3,000 hits. No. Okay. That's nothing to do with numbers. Okay. I'm going to give you one more shot. Well, Tony Gwynn won 19. It wasn't a jersey number thing. No, I okay. said it had nothing to do with numbers. Well, you say, hold on, when you say numbers, you could mean it has nothing to do with stats. Stats are numbers. Do, well, okay. 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 I just want to clarify that. Right. Please clarify that. It has nothing all to right, do so with stats. What do they all have in common? Yeah, what do they all have in common? With Ortiz. Um they got into the group. They got into the Hall of Fame on their first ballot. Correct. Correct. I gave you three shots at it. I would hope you get it. 
Well, that's an aggressive play on your part, Niels. I figure. All right, early innings here on the Chumps, season two, episode four. We're getting it done here in the slave in the cave slash studio, not the slave slash studio. We're getting it done here, and obviously on the first ballot, I think Big Poppy is the first guy to go in as a con- conventional, strictly DH in his first ballot. And um, I'm not sure how you really feel about well, that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some more names out there, and then we're gonna get into this discussion. Okay. okay. Now, <clears throat> Big Poppy is a probably, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, the best clutch hitter of all time. Not just in Red Sox Nation. Yeah, 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 yeah. All time. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, could be. All time. Yeah, all time. We, you and I, you know, do a lot of prep off off camera, off, you know, off He's top. good at one thing. I, I didn't think of, he, like, all time, but no, yeah, he could he's be. He's good at one thing. Being a clutch hitter, correct? Yeah, yeah. The field's awful. He's no, awful. but it, you know what's funny? I was talking to somebody again tonight, a friend of mine, and I just got to be honest with you, Nails. Every time the Red Sox, and it was a small sample size, and I hate that term, sample size, but I don't know how else to say it. In the short times that he had to go play the field, if it was the National League ballpark in the World Series, and it was 04, 07, 13, every time he went and played first base, I'm not saying that he was he was Don Mattingly, but the guy never hurt the Red Sox and cost them a game defensively. He's going to go down in history as a designated hitter. We know what his position was. He didn't play the field much. I get it. But he never really hurt the Red Sox defensively. He was decent at first base. Not a great defender, but that just tells you what a great clutch hitter he was and what a great performer he was under pressure to be in the Hall of Fame on his first ballot when he was strictly a designated hitter. I think he's the best clutch hitter of all time in baseball, but I think by him being on the Red Sox and them winning the World Series enhanced him being a clutch, the best clutch hitter of all time. Yes. Okay, now I'm going to name some names. Vlad Guerrero, second year on the ballot, he made it into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Eddie Matthews, fifth year on the ballot, made it into the Hall of Fame. Yogi Berra, second year on the ballot, made it into the Hall of Fame. Trevor Hoffman, third year, Hall of Fame. Harmon Killebro, fourth year, Hall of Fame. Roberto Alomar, second year, Hall of Fame. Mike Piazza, fourth year, Hall of Fame. Joe DiMaggio, Oof, that's third a, year, yeah. Hall of Fame. That's a tough one. Carlton yeah. Fisk. Second year yep. Hall of Fame. Okay? I you're gonna sit here and you're gonna tell me that Big Poppy is better than Carlton Fisk. He's better than Joe DiMaggio. You're gonna sit here and look me in the eye and say that. No. And I think that what you need to put in perspective is that Don't the, start with the nineteen fifties and sixties. No, it's I not think, basketball, it's baseball. I, well, I'm gonna give you another perspective. I'm gonna tell you that you need to understand that we're in a different era. So now you have different writers. You have a different group of writers where back in the fifties and sixties you had different writers voting for DiMaggio. For some reason, I don't know why he didn't get it on the first ballot. But now you're talking about different different generations. Mike Piazza? He's better than Piazza. <coughs> He's better than Piazza. Yes or no? Simple. Don't think about it. It's a simple thing. You're, you're getting into yes. analytics. You're getting yes. numbers. More He's hot. better than... Big Poppy is better than Mike Piazza. Well, Mike Piazza played the field, and he was a catcher, and he was a very marginal catcher. So I'm going to give Poppy the, the edge wow. on that one because he wow. was he was one-dimensional. Roberto Alomar? No, Robbie Alomar was a better all-around player Common than Poppy. Killebrew? I could go through this whole list. It's 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 a disgrace that Joe DiMaggio 
Right. We can't take away what, what, what happened no, 70 years ago as far we as can't. voters. We don't know what was going on. I don't know who the, the vote. The percentage is 75% to get you're in. You're going to get yes. no, 77.8%. Exactly. And Bobby barely got in this year as the first ballot, but he did get in. I think there's some stat, too. He's one of the four Dominicans. It's Martinez, Poppy. Is it maybe Clemente? Is he? Yeah. I think Roberto was Puerto Rican. I'm off with that one, but it's only four. Okay. All right. I, I just think that I'm going to hurt a lot of feelings out there, so I don't care because I will because my feelings are hurt every day. I don't, I'm a strong person. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. He's not a first ballot. He's only a first ballot Hall of Famer because he won the World Series for the Red Sox. That's the only reason. Three times. And that's a good reason. Three times. Yes, and that's so a good reason. So 2004, he But he's not better than Joe DiMaggio. He's not better than Mike no. Piazza. He's not better than he's, Roberto. He's not, better than, he's not better than DiMaggio. He's, no. be, he's better than Piazza. No, he's Piazza's no, he's the greatest not. offensive catcher of all time, no, but he stunk what defensively. What offense does Big Poppy have? What offenses do you have? He has yeah. 541 home runs. I mean defense. All right, 541 home runs. Defense, I'll tell you that. Defense. Defensively, you didn't have to because okay. he carried the team offensively. Well, Piazza was defensively, and he had a little offense. So you gotta he was, give a, he was an average catcher. And he, right. and by the way, how many rings does Piazza have? Zero. So obviously, if you don't have Hardware, you, 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 it's a moot point. DiMaggio, I'm not going to go against Joe D. What? And I don't care. Well, hold on. I don't care about Joe D. He married Marilyn Monroe. That's not his claim to fame. He's the greatest, one of the greatest top five ball players of all time. I don't care whatever he played in from third. Uh, from 30, I think he played from 30. Griffey Jr.? Better than Griffey Jr.? Stop it. No, yeah. you're being ridiculous. All around, no way, but Griffey, get, get a ring. Get a ring. Sorry, you got to get hardware. Vlad? Vlad, no hardware. Montreal Expos, I don't blame him, but you know what? That 94 team, and it's going to tie into my. This Trevor day, Hoffman? That 94 team is going to tie into my this day in history. Trevor Hoffman was a closer. He was a changeup closer. His brother, Glenn Hoffman. Stop it now. Not even close. Carlton big Fisk? Big Poppy. First of all, Fisk, half his career with the Red Sox, half his career with the White Sox. No so rings. So I went through the whole list Get again. Get hardware. I went through the whole list again, and you're saying that he's better than all these people. First, you said he wasn't now. Not DiMaggio, but everyone else, yes. Why you just you rebuttaled? No, I didn't. Yeah, I, you did. I said you I, said, I said I'm not going to go against. I'm not going against Joe D. But I'm going to take oh. him against. I'm taking him against right. Piazza, even though he's Paisan. I love the Italians. No, Poppy. Big Poppy got it done. 2013. Common Minnesota Twins. I don't think he had a World Series. Maybe one. Um, 2000. Big Poppy. 2013 World Series MVP. Um, the Yogi best clutch hitter ever. Um, no, I wouldn't put, I'd go with Yogi because Yogi was, uh, Yogi had so many rings and he was clutch. He was a great catcher. So I'm not, yeah, it depends on who you're talking about. Let me tell you something about David Ortiz. He had 37 homers in his last season and he averaged for his first five seasons with the Red Sox, 41 homers and 128 RBIs. Forget about all that. It means nothing. Uh, what did he do in the playoffs in the clutch? He helped them win three championships. I agree. The world, the, the, the ALCS home runoff, Joaquin Benoit against Detroit when they were down 5-1 in game two in the eighth inning when they were down 1-0 in the series or 0-1, however you want to call it. He is clutch hitting propelled them when they had Justin Verlander waiting around the wings back in Detroit when Mike Napoli lit him up for the one nothing win on a home run. David Ortiz, who, by the way, people don't realize his original name was David Arias back before he was David Ortiz. That was his mother's maiden name. David Ortiz is an absolute legend, and I think the greatest... No one cares about that name. I think the greatest clutch hitter in the history of Boston, and you said it earlier, you said it. He may be the greatest clutch hitter in in all of baseball history. He's definitely the best clutch hitter in all of baseball but let's put let's change this. Then scenario. there's a reason why he's in if on the first ballot. David Ortiz is on, let's say, the New York Mets, and he and he wins three World Series. He's not getting in on the first ballot. 
So he only got in because he was on the Red Sox? Exactly, because they were so... Polarizing? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But People yeah, forget he was... Tell me that Joe DiMaggio didn't deserve a first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, again, I can't tell you why a guy didn't vote for him in 1957. I don't know. He's, his career went from 33 yeah. to 51 or 37 to 51. Okay. And I think in... Fifth, so five years later, he got in in 56 probably. I'm assuming it was always five years. So mm-hmm. I don't know why Joe D didn't get out of the first ballot. Yeah. Joe D's a legend. I'll give it to you. Yeah. But Trevor Hoffman, you're throwing some guys out there. To me, it's just like fringe Hall of Fame guys to begin with. All right. Big Poppy, right. not because he's around here. I'm wrong. Three World Series championships. He's a great polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. He's a great personality, a lot of charisma. And there's I'm not a hating on him because he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And with him and Manny together for those five, six years, they were the best one-two punch in baseball. Absolutely. I don't, Absolutely. I don't disagree. Three and four in the lineup. And again, he deserves to be where he is. Of course, the first DH to get in the Hall of Fame was Edgar Martinez. And of course, he played third base for uh, the first five or six years of his career. And of course, Harold Baines got voted in by the Veterans Committee. He was primarily a DH after his years many, in the outfield. How many years did it take him to get in? Took Baines forever. That's why if the Veterans Committee puts you in, that means that, like you really didn't really Pete get Rose in. Pete Rose needs to be in. Let's not you, get you didn't really get in. But Poppy, Poppy's the man. Pete Rose needs to be in. Now. All right. Nail's still pumping for Pete Rose here. 34 minutes into the Chumps, Season 2, Episode 4. Pete Rose, he was at Mohegan's Sun, I think, three weeks ago. He still hasn't gotten the message yet that it's not like, just admit what you did and maybe you'll get in before you roll a 7. I don't know. ELH, ELH, ELH. But, like, Pete Rose is a total degenerate and he should have just owned it. And, uh, you know, I know you still want him in the hall. Somebody got those 4,200 hits. I agree with you. But, um... Own your stuff, and then maybe maybe you can work this thing out before you uh before you buy the farm. All right, I I, I can't. I'm not gonna get into this debate with you about Pete Rose and the gambling because we're gonna get an argument. I don't want to. Everybody gambles, right? Everybody gambles. You asked me if Bogots gambled one day. Like I don't know. I don't know what guys do. I know that guys don't like put the farm on their own team. They don't gamble like on baseball. Go gamble another sport. That's fine. Moving on. We're moving on. Moving on. Socks. We're gonna talk socks in the toilet. Record's awful. Yeah, you said it last week. Circular file. Circular file. In the toilet. Toronto made them look silly. It was a football score. Okay? Yeah. The Red Sox, after tonight, 49. What? 49? Yep. Awful. Terrible. They break even. It's 500. They 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 should just forfeit the rest of the season. Don't get me started. No, I mean, 49. Whose fault is it? What are we going with Well, oh, oh, God. Um, so they got outscored 40-10 to 10 over the weekend at Toronto. Terrible. That 28-5 to 5 game is, is epic. I popped it on, and I thought it was a misprint on the TV. I really didn't believe it. But I think you have to quit to lose that bad. And, of course, there were some things that went on in that game, the game within the game. We're going to talk about it in Chump of the Week, Trump which the is week. a little bit later. But um, this team right now, and, uh, you know, you and I have talked about it. Are they going to be buyers, sellers, or are they going to stand pat? There's not one move that's going to help this they team should, at the they deadline. Should, they should fire, and they should sell. Well, fire and sell. Well, I think right now there's a, there's a little bit of a. I think there's something going on behind closed doors between Bloom and Cora because I think Cora is saying to him to everybody like you know what, Hein Bloom, this is the team that you gave me. This is the team I'm going to run out there. And and I think Bloom's trying to like you know trying to stay the course. They're worried about you know who's going to get traded with the deadline coming up next Tuesday. Is it going to be is it going to be Bogots? Is it going to be J D Martinez, Nathan Avaldi? You know, Christian Vasquez. There's a lot of guys that are on the table right now. I think kind of anything goes right if now. You put the start, if you put the starting team from the Woo Sox in place of the Red Sox, they'll win more games. 
Well, they can't get any worse than they've been the last one. And let me tell you something. Here we are in... in and they can make catches in the outfield. Here we are, Niels, in late July, and the Red Sox still haven't won a series against an ALEs team. It's disgraceful, and the Red Sox have been getting pummeled from before the All-Star break when they lost those last two games against the Yankees. They got smoked. They came back from the All-Star break and lost 40-10 to in three games in a three-game sweep. Brooms were out at Fenway. And you're talking about a Toronto Blue Jays team that even though they own the Red Sox, they just fired their manager, Charlie Montoya. So obviously... They they're a team that's in in disarray. Also, they walk into Fenway Park and they smoke the Sox, and it's just it's, I don't know where the Red Sox go from here. They get a win against Cleveland last night, and they come back tonight, and they're down eight three in the ninth. So it looks like they're just back to break even, and they're spinning their wheels. They're fifth in the wild card, and I don't think one move is going to save this team. If I'm the Red Sox right now, I am definitely disgusting. I am definitely I, I'm thinking of selling off some pieces. JD and, and others that you know they're not going to be back next year. I think it's time to stop making moves. And um, I would not want to be high in bloom right now. It's absolutely disgusting what went on. I don't even want to. It's, it's, it's 28. 28. I know. Can I give you another nugget? 28. Can I give you just, another nugget? Just think of that. No, 28 to 5. That was disgusting the other night. It was like you were, you even texted me. It was awful. Can I give you something that's totally off the res- with totally not with the Red Sox? I anymore? hope something that's more positive than 28. Well, no, this is just, well, it's positive. But I just like to um, I like to correct some of the things that maybe you know stem from other podcasts, prior podcasts. Talking about me? You no us together. You asked me about the Brockton Rocks. I told you a few weeks ago, and you and I talked about it. You know, and you brought it up about how like. How some of the old Red Sox guys have their kids playing for the Brockton Rocks. And you asked me about the money with that team. Oh, I did yeah. a little research on that. So, like, like I said, the Brockton Rocks have an independent team down in Brockton, of course. And those guys get paid peanuts. And you said, well, we're not elephants here. What do they get paid? I said probably like 1000 a month. This team that, that, um, that Ortiz, Ramirez, Sheffield, Keith Falk, their kids are on that team. Yeah. Those kids are still collegiate kids. They're not getting paid. So if Free. I said if I said before that they were, they're not. So those kids are still eligible to be drafted. So D'Angelo Ortiz, who plays second base, I got to watch a game on, on Nesson a couple of weeks ago. Um, Ortiz's kid's a second baseman. He's a slap hitter. Keith Falk's kid, Cade, is a relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, Manny Ramirez's kid plays center field, I think, and Sheffield's kid. And then there was one other guy. I forget who the other Red Sox was. There was another guy in there. But um, it was... Manny it, Ramirez's son. Manny Ramirez's son. I think he's an outfielder also, or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So, like, their kids their kids have still got hope. They're, 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 some of those kids are committed to colleges next year. So, like, really n- nothing's established with those guys yet. They're not getting paid anything because they're still amateur athletes. So, there's no money being exchanged. You had asked me that before. So, I just wanted to correct that for our, our loyal listeners out there. I don't think anybody really cares about the Brockton Sox or whatever you call them. Brockton Rocks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, Nails, 40 minutes in here on the Chumps, correcting the dream again, and it's Sonny from the Bronx deal. It continues to be nobody cares, and he's probably right. Nobody cares. You're locked into 88.1 FM, W-E-L-H, Providence. We are the Sports Chumps. You can check out all of our podcasts up on our website. Our website is thesportschumps.com. Just go to that Spotify link, click it, and all of our podcasts are up there. You can email Mike and Dean with any questions, concerns, or comments at thesportstrumps at gmail.com. Moving on. We're done with the Sox talk, right? Because it's all negative. It's brutal. All right. All right. We're going to get to the Celtics. All right. The Celtics are approaching a four-week Kevin Durant trade request. They have emerged among teams to engage in talks. Now, me and, me and the Dreaming have discussed this. The Celtics have two of the best 25 and under basketball players in the league. And they're willing to give up a lot 
for Kevin Durant, who was 34 years of age. My question is, to the dream, to the rain man of sports, are you going to sacrifice those 25-year-olds for a couple of years of Kevin Durant, who could be injury-prone going into his deeper years for a ring? Well, first of all, Nails, I, I respect and understand your reservations about it, but you said for these 25-year-olds, you put an S at the end of that. It's plural. And obviously, in that situation, you're not giving up Tatum and Brown. You're giving up Tatum's untouchable, so let's just take him off the table. You're giving up Jalen Brown, who's 25. You're giving up, he's close to 26 now. You're giving up Marcus Smart, who's 28. Grant Williams, a nice bench piece. And you, you've said to me the last three weeks, stop putting Rob Williams in every deal. Why is this Rob Williams? He's not in the deal from what I hear. The, the Celtics have offered a package of Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, and a, and a couple of draft picks, which is utter swill because you're going to win 50 games. It doesn't matter. It's, it's garbage. It's a bag of balls. Well, according okay? to ESPN, yep. it's saying that it could be Brown and as many as three unprotected first-round picks. Unprotect them. We're not going to be in the lottery, so what do I care if it's not going to be a top-five pick? Brown, Celtics are not going to bottom out and go 25-67 and 67 next year. It's Jaylen not going to happen. Brown has two years and $56 million left on his current contract. Okay. And I'm, I, my gut tells me, and my gut's usually right, whether it's in life, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's whatever it is. I know. I don't know. That was Relationships, like, rewind that. All right. 42 minutes here in, into the chumps. Dream taking it to a level it shouldn't have gone to, but I've got some reservations about some things in the personal life. That's a whole nother story, but I have trust issues, and I'm going to tell you that Jalen Brown does not trust the Celtics right now. Well... They're going to get rid so, of him. <clears throat> excuse me. If he's already checked out, Nails, then you have to entertain the the, the, the idea of maybe getting Kevin Durant, well, even though he's a baby. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. After hearing it from you and after thinking about it and after looking yep. at it, the fans want a ring. They want the hardware. So I think they have to go for it. Yeah. And I think that Durant, I kept saying to you, Durant is not the answer. But the more I think about it and the more I look at it, I'm going to rewind what I said and say I'm possibly – I'm going to go 80% I'm wrong, which is I never hear me say I'm wrong. Okay. Okay, and 20% that I'm, 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 I'm in. They, yeah. need, they need to go for Durant. Yeah, so, so I, I think I tried to explain this to you today when I gave you the contractual situation, and I think maybe you were on board a little bit more because I'm telling you that, all right, Jalen Brown may be 25, close to 26. By the time the season's out, he's 26. Durant's 33, close to 34. But you're forgetting the fact that Jalen Brown only has two years left on the books with the Celtics. As you just said, the aforementioned 56 million. He's gone. I think in his head already, you've already he's already checked out. So if he's gone and he doesn't want to be there in two years, now you get Kevin Durant, even though he's seven years older, I get it, but he's he's just signed the new extension for four years. So now you've got Kevin Durant for four years. I don't know. In two years, he could demand another trade and play the game, and here we go again. I get it. He's a baby. But so is Jalen Brown. They're all babies. So my point is, maybe you take a chance on Durant. Now, let's, let's just see if the smoke clears. Let's play fantasy basketball. This trade goes down, and you've got Kevin Durant in a starting lineup with Jason, with Jason Tatum, Rob Williams, Marcus Smart's gone, obviously, in this deal. Malcolm Brogdon, I got to be honest with you, I really like this team. I'm just saying, listen, it's a Stars League. If you got two or three studs, now you're talking about Batman and Robin. This is the real Batman and Robin. Now, I don't know how they're going to fit together. I'm not a chemist. I'm not a chemist. I don't know. 
I don't know. Oh, you're look, a bartender. Look, look what, yeah, you're right. Look what Cooley did at PC this year. I don't know. I can't put the pieces together. But you're going to tell me that Durant and Tatum? Listen, it's a tantalizing thing, and it's very tempting. But also, you have to be looking at what the Celtics did to close the year out. Even though they lost in the finals to Golden State, you started to see these guys find a way to be able to play together. And that's kind of tantalizing to me to know that like Brown and Tatum did click together. You know what but the if Jalen don't want to be there in two years, I, you got you to gotta move on from him. You know what the problem was that a lot of people did, even including us? Mm-hmm. We, we just picked out the bad things that the Celtics did and not the good things they did. And they're, they're young. Yeah. We didn't pick out any... Well, you said that in one of the prior podcasts. Yeah. You talked about Marcus Smart and how everyone picked on him because of this and that and the other, and he missed shots and he did this. What about the Miami series where he made the two free throws at the end when uh, when Tatum and Brown couldn't make free throws down the stretch? Yeah. And everybody accentuated the negative when really you got to look at the positive. And I think you did a good job at bringing that to the forefront, and I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, you have a chance to get a Kevin Durant, who I think is a top 10 scorer of all time, by the way, and probably is still a top five player in the NBA today, we talked about this earlier and I still believe that like if and I told you last week you have to at least take the phone call and I think right now according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski Woj Woj. I think that this is real and I think the Celtics are really in the sweepstakes here for Kevin Durant and I believe first of all it comes down to the package if you're Brooklyn who has the best package and if Jalen Brown at 25 is is part of a, a package and they believe that he's one of the better players in the league top 20 player yeah, how many how many times are you gonna have the opportunity to get a top 15, 20 player in return for a guy who's like you said, thirty three with a history of injuries? My only advice to Jalen Brown would be go to Dick's Sporting Goods, get a set of cones, go in the backyard, go in your back patio, go on the street, go to the nearest court, and learn how to dribble. All right, if you for- could do that. Let me finish. Yeah, if you could do that, and you could bring that to the forefront in this game called basketball, and you can get to the playoffs, then you wouldn't be, talk- you wouldn't be getting talked about getting traded. All right, Nails is still worried about ball handling issues, and I can see it because the guy was a stumbling, bumbling fool. And like you said, maybe he needs another foot size. I don't know, but I'm just saying, the guy still brings 23, 24 points a game. He plays on both yeah. ends of the court. He's a commodity. He's a top yeah. 20 player in the league. So I'm just you saying he's, he's top 20 in the league? Top 20, 25. He's, in, he's, in the yeah. league? I do. I do. Not top 10, not top 15, but he's top, top 25 in the league. The, the the ceiling on him, I would say, like, off the top of my head, there's no way he's less than a top 30 player in the NBA. Yes. I think he's that good. I don't see it. Yeah, I do. I, I still believe in him. I still believe in him. And, I'm like, listen, I don't think the Durant thing's going to happen. But if it does, and, and I, okay. And, I, and I, I like him. I always said to you, I like Jalen Brown. I like mm. Jalen Brown. Playoffs came, and, he, and it's like he was dribbling off his foot every two yeah, seconds. Yeah, he was still he was still pumping in thirty. A lot of people, a lot of people think he pumped in thirty on those particular games because Jalen because Jason Tatum was doubled and triple teamed, and he was just open all the time. But I mean, you got to give the guy his due. He's a good he's a good player. And you said the Batman and Robin thing. No, he's not Pippen to Jordan, but he's damn close to what the, the what it is in this generation right now in this era, which is. Um, you know, this is what it is. Speaking of, not to get off the track, but um, Michael Jordan was asked something about like, would the Lakers, would the Lakers of now with LeBron, how would they fare versus the Bulls of '96 or whatever it was? And Jordan said, "We win by two or three points." Now, of course, Jordan cut your heart out. Okay, it was funny. He was trying to be facetious, and they said, "Well, you'd only win by two or three points." He's like, "Yeah." 
He goes, because we're like, all of us are almost like 60 now. What he's trying to say is we'd still beat them right now, and we're almost 60. I get it. You know, I, yeah, yeah. So if you ever saw, just so you know, I know you're a big Tommy Lee Jones fan, okay, yeah. uh, from uh, The Client and uh, Fugitive. Fugitive. He was also played Ty Cobb in the movie Cobb, and he's a total tool in that, like, because yeah. Cobb was a bad guy. Well, he's a tool. And he went, to a, he went to a, um, he went to a, a dinner that was dedicated to himself and they asked him like what do you think you would hit today he goes oh, i'd hit about 260 270 like you were a lifetime 340 hitter or whatever he's like yeah i'm 60 i'm 72 years old what he's trying to say is i could still hit 268 now so like this that's the whole like that's the whole narrative on that and it was just i just thought it was funny but jordan said yeah we wouldn't buy two or three but he's saying like you know what like yeah I'm, we're all we're all almost 60 now yeah. so are we done with that? All right. Nobody cares. Once again, almost 50, 10 minutes to go on the chumps and a lot still to talk about. I've got a lot of things I haven't right, got done, to yet. We're done, with, we're done with the Celts. Little NFL. Kick it in. KD going to end up with the Celtics? You know what? It sounds real, doesn't it, yeah. though? Is it starting to sound yeah, real? Stop it. That's three times tonight. All right. I touched, I don't need to I touched Niels. There's nothing physical. There's no. Like, it, I'm on the level, but it wasn't. he hasn't been stabbed anywhere near with All the right. pen NFL. yet. Get pen to the, to the NFL. right. NFL talk. All right. So, um, obviously, real quick on the NFL, um, training camps starting to open everywhere. Yeah. Patriots have their first uh, practice Wednesday. Okay. Next couple of weeks, Dr. Football's coming on. Yep, I'm telling get, you we're not. Gonna, we're going to try to get Dr. Football on. But there was one, uh, a guy that really hits my heart a lot because you know how I am oh, about, I told you about Vinatieri. And now, of course, um, former Patriot wide receiver at, uh, Danny Amendola retires after 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Two Well-deserved. Wo- Two, yes, two Super Bowl championships with the Patriots. And um, here's a guy who signed a five-year, $25 million deal with the Patriots. And i got to be honest with you, for most of the time, I did not think he lived up to it. But when it came down to the clutch and in the playoffs, 51 catches over 700 yards in postseason play. He was Tom Brady's security blanket when he didn't have Julian Edelman available. And even if he did have Edelman available, he had, he had Amendola on the other side. He played for a bunch of teams, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Dallas, Houston, Miami, he bounced around a little bit, but his best years, and he'll be remembered for his uh, his five years with the Patriots and two Super Bowl championships. So congratulations to Ju- uh, to uh, to Danny Amendola. Hopefully he does well in retirement. All right. Shout out to Danny Amendola. All right. Trump of the week. Trump of the week. Jaron Duran. Over to Nails. Over to Nails. Over to Nails. Stop it now. Over the dream. Oh, it's hardcore. Over the dream. Yeah, obviously, this you know. Kid, this kid, all right. Yeah, go let ahead. me just. Please. He, he he messed up in the outfield. He didn't catch the ball. He, I don't care about that. All right, but I know you don't care about that. Can I just get a word in tonight? Go ahead. All right. You sure? It's all right? Yeah. You're positive? Yes. All right. Come up with some oxygen. Breathe. Yeah. Suck in the oxygen. Okay. The thing that you're upset about is he went on, a, on TV and basically made excuses. So this is why he's the Trump of the week. I'm letting them know. Okay. So you, you're, you're half right because I, I am upset about that. Mm-hmm. And the other part was the fact that like on the uh, it's more yes it's more about the press conference and the questions that he didn't answer correctly <clears throat> as a young player who I know is coming on the scene. <clears throat> I'm more disappointed about the fact that it's that. And it's the fact that on the field, he didn't go after the ball. No. I don't care that he lost it in the lights. Oh, by the way, can I just tell you one thing? Why does it always seem like in the last month, as the Red Sox continue to lose ball games at 49 and 49, and they're totally like 
dust right now. How come it's just the Red Sox that lose the ball in the lights and it's like they can't see the ball? I don't see Cleveland. I didn't see Toronto. Nobody lost the ball in the lights, but the Red Sox in their home ballpark, mind you, can't catch the baseball. But Jaron Duran on this play, what bothered me most is the fact that like he didn't go after, yeah, of course, yep, yep, Sox, you're looking up and seeing another loss. But I mean, in this particular play, Nails, he, he doesn't go after the ball and he tells the, the, the media after the game, well, until you walk in my shoes and like, you know, until you see what it's like to catch, to, to get a ball in the twilight or whatever it is, you don't know what it's like. Mm. Well, you know what? Those guys are right. They have their job. You have your job. Don't make excuses. Just you know, own it. Say, you know what? I messed up. I should have went after. They asked him why he didn't go after the ball. And he said, you know what? Well, because I knew for, I knew Doogie had it already. Now, if you watch the play and you see it on TV, all you see is the back of Durian's jersey, which is number 40, and you don't see Verdugo for about, I don't know, seven seconds. So I don't know what he thought that like if he ran in, ran after the ball, he was going to run into... He made it sound like he was he was delusional. He actually made it sound like if he ran after the ball, he was going to run into Verdugo and there was going to be a collision. He didn't go after the ball. You, you, had a, you, you froze. I saw it. You froze. Yeah. Just own it. Own it and move on. So now, so, so now, Chump of the Week goes to Jaron Duran, not because he didn't see the ball in the lights, because he didn't go after the ball, and he said he all the, up to it. He said all the wrong, wrong things in the press conference. And by the way, honorable mention Chump of the Week is Alex Cora for not benching him the next day. Yeah. Now this goes to the whole thing we talked about the aforementioned Bloom Cora thing back earlier in the show. Cora's gonna go. It, it, well, um, I'm a big Cora guy, but you know, at that point, it's like I think he's saying, you know what, this is the team you gave me. I'm gonna play the kid. I would have benched the kid the next day. He's not playing that day. You got to send the message. I would have pulled him in the middle of the game. Are He's you, not playing the next Billy inning. Mon? Yes. He pulled Reggie Jackson. They won the World Series that year. Yes. Give me Billy Martin. And I love Alex Cora, but somehow he's losing. And I think, from what I hear, he gave up. From what I hear, Cora's comments about def- he defended Duran. It's like if you can, all right, you want to be a players manager, wonderful. But like, there's a time and a place to defend your players, and that's not the place to defend your player. This kid's a young. He's a, he's a little bit of a punk. You can see it in him. He's a little jacked. He's got. He did some. He lifted a few weights. He played second base. Now he's a center fielder. He's a little jacked up. You're hitting 240 now. You've leveled off. You don't belong out in center field. And it's like you went out there and you you muffed the play and you boned it and the team's the team stinks and you lost 28 to five. That's not why you lost the game. But there's a lack of focus on this team. Jaron Duran, chump of the week. No doubt about it. And it's more for the press conference and the questions that he did not answer properly than what he did on the field. All right. We're 55 minutes in this day in sports history. What do you got, Dream? All right. Unfortunately, this is not a good topic. It's not morbid. But on June, on July 28, 1994, oof, the players decided to strike here after some labor, labor negotiations uh you know, Tom Glavin was, I think, head of the union at the time, and things just didn't go well. And of course, this is 1994, and there was no World Series, and this just really sticks. It really hits home. I was in college at the time at Rhode Island College. Uh, I had a communications course at the time, and I remember doing like a, uh, a little, a little skit with a little like interview with a couple of players from the Rick baseball team, and that was the only baseball we had going at the time as the players went on strike, and there was no World Series in 1994. Wow, um, my. I got to tell you something, Nails, and I think you'd appreciate this. You know I'm a collector. You look around the house. Yeah. You look around the cave. You see, like, a see a lot of memorabilia. Yeah. Upstairs, I have a lot of baseballs. Yeah. I don't know what it's worth to this day, and I don't know how to find out. But um, I have. I don't Ooh. know who. I don't know who gave it to me, but I have a baseball from the 1994 World Series that was never played. Google. Just G O O G L E. All right, late, late, 
late, late innings here on the chumps. Dreaming nails. He's giving me the obvious. Google it. What would a baseball be worth from 1994, the World Series that never was, okay? Let me tell you something. The Yankees were great that year. And the Montreal Expos, we talked about earlier how they never won anything. Vladimir Guerrero didn't get a ring there. But I think that that was a team that year that was headed for that. You know, they had Pedro Martinez, I think, on that team. Mm -hmm. They were headed that way. And, of course, everything went sour, went sideways. Tony Gwynn was trying to hit 400. He ended up hitting, I think, 390. It was a crazy year. I remember when I was a a kid, I had a poster on the wall. Was it Andre Dawson? The Hawk? Did he play for the Expos? He played for the Expos. And, of course... Typical Red Sox move. We signed him to a free agent yeah. deal late in his career. He still and he had the post. He had no knees. He was great. They well, so, so just so you know, they had a great outfield. They had him. They had him in center or right, and they had Rock Reigns in left. Tim Reigns, who yeah. ended up playing with the Yankees, he had a little bit of a nasal problem back in the day. But um, there was some. They had some good teams though. The Expos were good. Let me tell you, back in the seventies and eighties with Warren Cromarty, and then later on, of course, you had Marquise Grissom and Larry Walker. You know. That's funny. All right, here we are. I have a mention of a quick mention. Yeah, here we are. Two minutes left on the chumps. I see Nails doing something with Bo Jackson. Quick mention. Greatest athlete of all time, Bo Jackson. That's hardcore, Nails. Bo knows love. Yeah. He covered all the funeral costs for all the Univlad school shooting victims. That's aggressive. Bo knows love. No, Bo's solid. I, I was thinking of you last night because I some. It's so crazy how I could see a face and know something. And I know you're a little bit old school with sports. And I was watching a movie called True Crime, which had um. Oh the, yeah. It depicts um Christian Clint Slater. Eastwood as an unfaithful husband who's a writer. Uh, Dennis Leary's in the movie, and Isaiah Washington's the guy who supposedly kills this girl who really didn't. And they they go through this whole thing, and when they're in the in the in the prison. What was that on? Um. That was um. The, it was on HBO last night. It was like a true mid- crime. Yeah, it was what? like true crime. It was like not, not true detective. Uh, true no. crime it was like in the nineties. Oh uh, no, I was watching the Line of Fire the other night with. Okay, with well, this movie, of course, I see one of the security guards and one of the guys, like one of the uh, the guys in the prison, one of the security guards, and I said that guy looks familiar. I think that guy played for the Bears. You know, I went and Googled, and it turns out it was Otis Wilson, the middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. I'm sorry, outside linebacker because Mike Singletary was the middle linebacker, mm-hmm. and he was the he was the he was the, he was the uh, he was the, I know, nobody cares. I know, I know. All right, we've got just, we got a minute left on the chumps. Nobody local cares. flavor, local flavor. Local flavor. All right, I played hoop Sunday morning. The arm's starting to feel a little bit better right now. I got baseball Saturday morning coming up. The uh, the, the Braves, formerly the Salty Dogs, are now, um, we're 11-0-1. We're, we're just, we're running through teams right now. I had a nice day at hoops. I left a lot of, a lot of, a lot of layups on the court. I, I, a couple of bunnies that I could have had, but I didn't. But I still thought it was a good day, all in all. So you had a good day. Wasn't at Rainbow Gym? No. Was still, that the rec center? Yeah, it was at the rec center. I know enough about Rainbow Gym. And of course, we hate to we, listen. We hate to end on a on a morbid note, but of course, R.I.P. to uh, Paul Savino, uh, formerly of Goodfellas, Law and Order, uh, father of Mayor Savino, dies at the age of eighty three, and of course, a legend from Goodfellas. We love him, and uh, we miss talks. him. And you said it comes in, yeah. You said it comes in threes, but now there's fours. You got Ray Liotta, James Caan, who got a ton of run, and um, a lot of guys are passing away like recently. It's, it's tough. It's tough to see that, but uh, Paul Savino's an absolute legend. Yes, he is. All right, that's a wrap. Season two, episode four of the Sports Chumps. My name is Mikey Nails, and I'm Dean the Dream. And we're going to take you out with a little bit of Cruel Summer from Banana Rama. 
to just kind of depict what kind of summer it's been for the Boston Red Sox this summer. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. We'll see you later.